Always Crashing the Podcast is 100% a talk show for the on-demand internet age. Tim Notary is 100% a real person and a work of fiction. This is a show about fiction, non-fiction, reality, and surreality. It is not mine, it is yours. Mansplanation is a show about two men trying to break free from the prison of toxic masculinity. They offer no professional advice or suggestion. They will occasionally use adult language and will often discuss examples of violence and malicious behavior, so parental guidance is recommended. Yeah, I, uh, that's why people live out in the sub, in the Dormont suburbs, which is not really, Dormont reminds me of a, like a small town, say, in a Stephen King novel, or adaptation. Like, are you, are you talking about maybe, uh, Derry? It does sound a little bit like Derry. It does sound a little bit like Derry. We did, uh, recently get an upgrade to the sewage, uh, system here, so... Does have an old theater? If we do have an old theater. We do not have a CGI Paul Bunyan statue. I also don't think that Derry has one either. Like, I haven't read the book. I don't really remember the original Tim Curry movie, so I don't have, like, a lot of, like, nostalgia for that movie. Okay. And it didn't, in terms of scary childhood, like, movie about, like, be, how, how scary being a kid is, mm-hmm. it didn't do it for me the way, say, something wicked this way come does, or even, like, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Like, it felt like a very more straightforward monster movie, which I liked. Um, and then from my end, I probably read this when I was in the fifth grade. Okay. I was, yeah. I was the kid that's like, I want to be scared. I want something bigger than me. I want to reach out to. Like, I knew that there was something bigger than me out there, bigger than what was around me out there. And I was trying anything I could do to get there. So I, I dove into Stephen King, and it was the first time that I had encountered in any sort of media, like, a kid that died. Like, okay. I, I remember reading Cujo before that, and the kid... The kid dies at the end of Cujo, but it's very esoteric. It was very kind of like he's drifting off. This okay. is a violent attack. This is a kid getting his arm torn off, screaming in pain, screaming in terror. And that, that, that had a big impact on me. So when I think of it, that, that's the first thing that comes to mind, me sitting in the backseat of the car reading this by the, the streetlights going by. Yeah, it, it was something that really made an impact on me. And I have a lot of affinity for the uh, Tim Curry one, although I did go back a couple of years ago and rewatch it, and it's pretty terrible. See, I, right. My, my memories of it are being fairly campy and very yes. kid, very kid-friendly. Yes. Like, it's a horror movie for kids. Like, Are You Afraid of the Dark or something. Which, in its defense, it was, what, 1990? Yeah, early 90s, late 80s. On ABC... You know, yeah. it, there's only so much that they realistically could have done. Yeah. So when the movie came out, I was like, "Oh my god, they're gonna they're gonna go nuts!" And when they showed Georgie like writhing on the ground with the stump of an arm, I was like, "Okay, okay, we're there." 
I need to rewatch it because especially considering like how much I enjoyed this one, mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe I need to give it another shot. I just remember being not bored with it. Just, it felt like the beginning of a story okay. and that was going to wrap up later because it is, it's the first, the first part it felt like prequel to you. I, I don't know. I read all movies through this lens. So it was very easy for me. It, it is like custom built for this kind of thing where it's like, these are kids who went through a trauma mm-hmm. and they've, they've all gone through individual traumas. Like they all have have, you know, very messed up family homes or, you know, the younger brother who's died or the Munchausen syndrome mother or the sexually manipulated Bruce of, right, the dead parents who in his brain are called crackheads, right? Like, he, right, right, you know, being, being an orphan and being a black kid in a very white town and very white rural area. Um, It's right. It's like, okay, we found, we've formed our friend group of friends. We, we've taken, we're able to deal with our trauma because we have each other, but we're not able to deal with it yet, right? Because we're not adults. We're still kids. And so chapter two is sort of the fulfillment of that promise of like, we've grown up and we can now finally deal with our grief and our, like all this horrible pain that like we had as kids that we've sort of been ignoring or running away from because we weren't able to deal with it when we were younger. But now as adults, we have to, to like, and there's one, like literally, I think Pennywise's last line in this movie is, is you're adults now as he as they kill like as they essentially kill him yeah like I don't think Stephen King is not a subtle writer no and I don't think this is a subtle director either <laughs> no oh I don't know probably a couple hundred years before oh, wow. uh, President Lincoln George Washington uh, Martin Sheen Martin, Martin Sheen. Sheen that's President Kennedy you idiot well same difference I mean he played Kennedy once. Oh, that's really smart. I'm glad you're in your brain. Yeah, well, at least I have a brain. So stupid, Mouth. Oh, yeah? Yes. <laughs> Shut up. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This isn't gold. This is a wishing well. Look. Hey, you guys, look. look. It must be the old Moss Garden wishing well. You know, I always used to believe that when you threw your money in, it turned into your wish. You take no coins. And I'll take two coins. And no, hey, that's not fair. Wait, 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 oh, your wait, coins wait, 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 wait. Stop, stop. You what? can't do this. Why? Why? Because these are somebody else's wishes. They're somebody else's dreams. Yeah, but you know what? This one. This one right here. This was my dream, my wish. And it didn't come true. So I'm taking it back. I'm taking them all back. É um gesto, é uma prata brilhante. 
manhã É o tijolo chegando É a lenha, é o dia É o fim da tocada É a garrafa de cana O estilhaço na estrada É o projeto da casa É o corpo na cama É o carro enguiçado É a lama, é a lama É um passo É uma ponte É um saco É uma rã É um resto De mato Na luz da manhã São as águas de março Fechando o verão É a promessa de vida No teu coração É uma cobra, é um pau, é João, é José, é um espinho, na mão, é um corte, no pé. São as águas de março fechando o verão É a promessa de vida no teu coração É pau, é pedra, é o fim do caminho É um resto, de topo, é um pouco sozinho É um passo, é uma ponte, é um sapo, é uma rã É um belo horizonte, é uma febre de santo São as águas de março fechando o verão É a promessa de vida no teu coração Pau, pedra São as águas de março fechando o verão É a promessa de vida no teu specifically did you like about what where did this fall flat for you okay so for me the first movie was very much the terror of being a kid mm-hmm. being out of your league and no one really helping you the people that should be helping you not helping you the fat kid who's getting a, a name carved in his stomach no one's really helping him except for some other kids there should be an adult there stopping that. There should be police. There should be every step of the way. In the book, they kind of went into it a bit more. Like um, Bill's parents, they, they they just basically neglect him for the remainder of his childhood. It's like yeah. they're, they're in a constant state of mourning that Georgie's there, and they forget that they have an older son. Oh, yeah. Obviously, uh, Beverly, uh, Jessica Chastain, her, her father's been dealt with uh, – We deal with uh, Mike, uh, the African-American character. His parents are burnt, dead, so that's dealt with. But with uh, Ben, the uh, overweight kid, his parents are just like they're, they're terrified, and the only thing that they can do is feed him. They're not talking to him. They're not listening to him. They're not preparing him for the world that's around him. It's just like, well, this is something quick and easy I can do. Have another bowl of ice cream. Have another slice of cake. Yeah. And, and so... I wish they would have done something like that in the beginning, but I think overall they did, just that there was no steady adult. And for me, that's a big chunk of my memory from childhood, having to deal with a bully who is, I'm, you know, I'm an 11-year-old, and I'm essentially expected to fight and defend myself against a grown man, somebody who's gone through puberty a lot earlier than I did, somebody who's more muscular, whatever and okay this is the person i have to fight and no one can help me no one can stop this 
no one can guide me through this, how, how to fight this person, how to defend myself. And so for me, that's really what resonated about the first one. And I agree with you in part. I feel like the second movie should have been, oh, shit, now we have to contend with our childhood. Now we really have to overcome because unless we do this, there can be no growth unless I grow beyond my overbearing mom. And one of the interesting things that the director did with that character, with um, Eddie's character, was the actress that played his wife is the same actress that played his mom. Oh, I did not pick up on that. I, I, I thought it looked right, and then I went on IMDb, and, and yeah, she's listed as both wolves. And so here's a character who, def- despite despite defeating his nemesis, but and in the book, he was a lot more brave as a child. In the book, he actually mm-hmm. walks up to Pennywise and sprays uh, his inhaler in his face, screaming, this is battery acid, burning him and saving his friends. Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't really given that, and it didn't... And when it happened in the second chapter, it was really hollow because he's immediately murdered after that. Um, it felt cheap to me, too. I, I, honestly, I thought it looked cheap. Like, in the um, in the Chinese restaurant scene when the fortune cookies are about to open, it's like, mm-hmm. this looks terrible. This mm-hmm. looks like a Marilyn Manson video from the 90s. Mm-hmm. And so many times I was like, yeah, that, that's another one. That's another one. When um, Jessica Chastain went into the old woman's ho- apartment and they... I wish they would have been a little bit more subtle about it. You say Stephen King's not a uh, subtle writer. And I, I kind of have to agree with you in parts. But, I mean, I wish the director wouldn't have, like, zoomed in on the scars on her chest, zoomed in on the rot in her teeth. But at least that was practical effects, and at least that looked real. Like, when she comes out and yeah. she's just, like, this crazed naked woman from The Shining, it's like, that, that looks like something I think I could make in a weekend with some paper mache. I was sitting next to a friend and we both agreed that the scariest part for us was when the little girl with the birthmark on her face wandered away from the baseball game. Because honestly, that's, that's a huge fear that I have that I, when I take both of my kids down to the playground, you know, I'm, I'm on a zone defense. So I, okay, I have to keep my head on a swivel here and here just to make sure that one of them's not wandering off. Cause that's the real terror there. Keep your nose to the grindstone, head on a swivel, feet. Beat don't fail you. Yeah, know. yeah. A little bit, yeah. But I, I, I thought that the special effects were cheap. I thought that their true fears, a couple of them were dealt with fine. I thought that obviously Beverly Jessica Chastain's was was good. I thought that um I'm I'm on IMDB right now looking up all the characters' names because it has been so long. I thought that uh Ben's was was interesting, but there was never really any threat that something bad was going and I thought that there were so many times that really delivering the scare, really delivering the trauma of it, it was turned into a quick, cheap joke. The one that really comes to mind is when Eddie is finally fighting back against the leper. And instead of the leper having his hands around his throat, he yeah. puts his hands against the throat. And this is put in contrast of he couldn't save his mother from this thing. He was so scared. And now it's like, I'm not scared anymore. I am angry and I'm going to fight. And how are we going to show that he's angry and fighting? We're going to play Just Call Me Angel in the morning. Yeah, that was a weird, that, that, that was one place where this movie did wrong by its characters. That, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. That was a weird moment that came and went. And I'm like, why? That song was never an important part to this character. It was not like this was a song that he had heard in the background at some point. It was... We're going to do a joke. Just kind of remind me of Guardians of the Galaxy. Just kind of like it would have been on 
you know, a Walkman somewhere. As much as I loved Bill Hader in it, as much as I think that he was, I think, the soul of this, in, in my perfect world, his jokes would have been the background and no one else would have laughed. Nobody, like, everybody would have been too terrified. His coping mechanism is inappropriate horror. Instead, it's just kind of, Eddie would one-up him. And, like, going back to the scary, very scary, so scary doors and the Pomeranian and stuff like that. that I love, that. I love like, that part. Come I love that part. It wasn't scary to me. And I honestly, I was watching, I was like, why, why is this here? So we can see another CGI monster? Okay. So this movie definitely struggled with, am I, am I being a comedy or am I being this thrilling sci-fi horror movie? And I think ultimately he made the decision, we got to be a comedy here. And I think that, I think that was the right, I, 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 I don't think it needed to make a choice. So what I think of, this movie reminded me most of, and out in a different ballpark, but reminded me of the Edgar Wright Cornetto trilogy movies. Okay. Uh, Shaun of the Dead. Was it a comedy? Was it a romantic comedy? Was it a horror movie? Was it a drama? It was all three. It didn't have to choose. Um, same with the world's. This, I mean, this movie very much reminded me a lot about World's End, both in terms of theme and execution. É pau, é pedra, é o fim do caminho. O resto que estou um pouco sozinho. O caco de vidro é a vida, é o sol. É a noite, é a morte, é o laço, é o anzol. É peroba do campo, nó da madeira, caingá, candeia, é uma tita pereira. É madeira de vento, quando da ribanceira, é o mistério profundo, queira ou não queira. É o vento ventando, é o fim da ladeira, é a viga, é o vão. Festa da comieira, é a chuva chovendo, é conversa ribeira, das águas de março, é o fim da canseira. É o pé, é o chão, é uma estradeira, com farinha na mão. Da tiradeira, uma ave no céu, uma ave no chão, um regado, uma fonte, um pedaço de pão. É o fundo do poço, é o fim do caminho. O rosto desgosto é um pouco sozinho. A stick, a stone, it's the end of the road. It's the rest of a stump, it's a little alone. It's a sliver of glass, it is life, it's the sun It is night, it is death, it's a trap, it's a gun The oak when it blooms, the fox and the brush The nut and the wood, the song of a thrush The wood of the wing, the cliff of all A scratch, a lump, it is nothing at all It's the wind blowing free, it's the end of the slope It's a beam, it's a void, it's a hunch, it's a hope And the riverbank talks of the waters of March It's the end of the strain, it's the joy in your heart The foot, the ground, the flesh on the bone The beat of the road, a slingshot stone A fish, a flash, a silvery glow A fight, a bet, the range of the bow The bed of the well, the end of the line The dismay in the face, it's a loss, it's a find A spear, a spike, a point, a nail A drip, a drop, the end of the deal A load of bricks in the soft morning light The shot of a gun in the dead of the night A mile, a must, a trust, a bump It's a girl, it's a rhyme, it's a code, it's the mumps 
The plan of the house, the body in bed and the car that got stuck. It's the mud, it's the mud. A float, a drift, a flight, a wing, a hulk, a quail. The promise of spring and the riverbank talks of the waters of March. It's the promise of life, it's the joy in your heart. Can we? 
Taking the body from us, was your boy? We found him, we got dips. We better start running, eyeball. They got dips. We earned him, man. You guys came in a car, that's not fair, he's ours. That's not fair, he's ours. Well, not anymore. There's four of us, eyeball. Just make him move. Oh, we will, don't you? I swear, it wasn't me. Oh, gee, you keep the bomb rifle and I'm filling the shit out of you. You guys have two choices. Either leave quietly, we take the body. Stay, take the shit out of you. We take the body. Besides, me and Billy found him first. Yeah, Vern told us how you found him. I think I just turned my fruit and into a fudge factory. That's it. Your, your ass is crass. Okay, Chambers, you little faggot. This is your last chance. What do you say? Don't you go fucking You're dead. Chris, it's split. Come on, man, this is crazy. They're not taking us. He's got a knife. Ace, come on, man. You're gonna have to kill me, Ace. No problem. <laughs> Suffering, but the promise of life, I'm not a fool. I'm 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 a fool. I'm
part or scariest theme in this to you? What is something that's like had you sitting in your chair like, yeah, yeah, I, I feel some dread? Um, growing up and losing your friends, falling out of touch with your friends. like Okay. How they've all forgotten each other? How they've forgotten each other, how tenuous their relation like right like there's this uh, i can't remember any of the like specific lines or what character says them but there is this ongoing theme and i think mike said or there it's them reading the letter from stan in the end about we all have our own path but we're all still losers for, like we're all still together right we're all still we all, we all still have each other's backs we'll never we'll, we'll never lose that um there i mean like the 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 giant Pennywise, yeah, it wasn't. It, I, I don't know that I was scared. <laughs> there definitely was some dread in the funhouse scene with the mirrors. Okay, that I'll say was effective because I mean I really think for for Bill, um, uh, he he needed to save a child. He he couldn't save his brother, so he needed to right. save that child for that child to die in front of him he's like okay th- this is effective and just like pennywise like blindly laughingly banging his face up against that window knowing he was going to break through and you know, i'll take my time to do this to torture right. you that was that was good that's why i sort of go back to it makes me think of world's end because right but it, right world's end was not billed as a horror movie no but it did borrow right like it is that sort of like alien body snatcher thing going on but it plays it it never plays it for horror there there specifically i think because of how much they went the horror angle in Shaun of the dead and hot fuzz he wanted to kind of say i can do other things i just want to do a straight up wrestling action brawl movie yeah like a martial arts sci-fi thing yeah let me ask you this if for you, the effective theme was the most important people in your life at one point are suddenly forgotten right. or slowly forgotten. It, it seems like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it seems like that was a thing yeah. that really resonated with you. Contrast this movie to another Stephen King, Stand By Me. Which one would be more effective? So it's been a while since I've seen, but yeah, this, this movie again reminds me very much of Stand By Me. What so the, so the other movie, which I have not, it's in my notes over and over again, because as soon as you said that this movie didn't do it for you the way it did it for me, I wrote down one word, mm-hmm. Goonies. Mm-hmm. Don't like the Goonies. A movie, yeah, I know. I know you don't like it. I'm like, You're not taking it. Nobody's taking it. Come on, kid, just give me the gun before you take your foot off. You ain't got the sack to shoot a woodchuck. Miss. I'll kill you, I swear to God. Come on, Lachance, give me the gun. You must have at least some of your brother's good sense. to shoot us all? Always. Just you.
gonna get you for this. Maybe you will and maybe you won't. Oh, we will. We're not gonna forget this if that's what yeah. you think. This is big time, baby.
are kind of useless we have to figure this out on our own but yet we are still kids and we don't really have a lot of power or agency in this world and like both physically and mentally right new revelations today in a letter obtained and reviewed by cnn in it democratic senator chris coons urged the fbi to reach out to a witness about brett kavanaugh's alleged misconduct at yale the letter is in stand by me or the first movie that we need to protect this town and the Goonies very much is none of the other kids are adult. like, not that the adults are ineffective in Goonies. It's just that the adults can't do what the kids do because they don't know what the kids know. And that's right. what this sort of is. It's like 
we're the only ones that can handle this because no one else would believe this crazy story. Kids have access to a type of magic yes. that parents and adults don't have access to. So therefore, they can take that magic and save the day. And what I will add to is people with trauma have access to a kind of magic that people who don't have trauma or, or who have gone through their grief in a process. No, even people who have processed trauma and processed grief have access to a special magic. I would say that they can. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. And my example on that would be in Stand By Me, two of the characters go on and become successful. They achieve what they would like to in life. The other two characters are stuck. One character just uh, takes over a junkyard and the other one, he, he marries the first girl that is, allows him to have sex with her. And that's it. They both stay in that town forever. And so that's another thing I think interesting about it too is all of that, with the exception of Mike, who's essentially remained, well, Mike even, even Mike is successful. <laughs> they've all grown up to be successful but yet they still have not gotten over this shit, right? They've right. not processed their, like, yes, yes, Beverly is, you know, fashion in the fashion world is rich, there has a husband, but her husband is essentially her father, right? Like she's married this manipulative evil, be- like that, that scene was very economical in like, oh, she has not gotten out of that situation. Um, Bill can't finish a story well because the story is not finished. I'll right, Bill... But yet he's happily he might be happily married. I don't know. In the book, he is happily married. He's 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 reached beyond himself. He's he's defeated the stutter. He met his dream girl, and together they're accomplishing things creatively. Ben still is very much that little helpless fat boy, right? He's still very much that that kid who is looking for his friends, right? Like that. There, there's that business meeting where he's like, it needs to be a clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Like he's still very much, even though he. And I, I think, right, I think the thing that annoyed me about the first movie, and now that we talk this through, annoys me about this movie, is how they don't really explore Ben's character that well or that much in terms of salt like hit. And, say, and, that's, tr- and that goes, that's true with Eddie, too. And to some extent, that's very true. And this is the one thing we haven't talked about. The, the thing that grabs me most about this movie is Richie and Bill Hader. Um, that was a dropped ball. Hugely dropped. How so for you? Um, I, so I don't think it was subtle, but I, I feel like I, from what I've read, from what I've seen reviews and internet, um, I've picked up that there was some complaints about this, but did you understand that Bill Hader was supposed to be a closeted homosexual? I think it was pr- you're pretty much beat over the head with it. Yeah, yeah who reportedly had key information but had trouble getting through to the FBI. Coons specifically asked the FBI to follow up with a man whose sources say was Max Steyer, a possible witness to the incident, and a Yale College classmate of Hi there. I want to talk to you about ducts. Do your ducts seem old-fashioned, out of date? Central Service's new duct designs are now available in hundreds of different colors 
to suit your individual taste. Hurry now, while stocks last, to your nearest central services showroom. Designer colors to suit your demanding taste. of Information, Deputy Minister Eugene Helpman. Good evening, David. What do you believe is behind this recent increase in terrorist bombings? Bad sportsmanship. A ruthless minority of people seems to have forgotten certain good old-fashioned virtue. They just can't stand seeing the other fellow win. If these people had just play the game, they'd get a lot more out of life. Nevertheless, Mr. Helpman, there are those who maintain... But yet you're, it's never explicitly said, right? Like, you're beat over the head with it. Like, the first people to die in the movie are, home, are this homosexual couple. Right. Um, he's then called, you know, like, faggot, queer in his memories. And, and I'm trying to think back to the first movie. I'm like, I don't think that character... Like, I don't think that ever comes up in the first movie. It's not something that was in the book that I can remember. I mean, I could be absolutely wrong. It's probably been 30 years since I read it. And I, like, to me, it was like, oh, very much like this movie kind of opened the door to the first movie for me in terms of, like, I, as a kid, like, me, myself, like, seeing, being this lost little kid, you know, identifying both with Ben as this, like, oh, I'm I'm this fat, unlovable kid, I'm just going to get beaten up, I'm soft, the girl that I love will, will never love me back. Will only love the cool, the, the cool, handsome boy. But also identifying with Richie, where it's just like, why is he so angry and why is he so sarcastic all the time? It's like, well, he. There's even this throwaway line, like really digging into the movie, where he doesn't write his own material as a stand-up comedian. He doesn't remember his own lines. He's so disconnected from his own material because he can't write about his own life. He, he forgot his own line because he had the shock of being called back to Derry. But I think he said, but then he throws, he says, I don't write my own material. He did say that, yeah. And Eddie says, I knew it. But they very much like, I had that relationship, right? Like in the, in the end, you're supposed to like lead that he had a crush on Eddie. Like that's yeah. why their, their relationship was so much a merry old couple that just snipe back at each other and insult each other's moms. Right. And you got that when he carved their initials into the bridge. Yeah. Um, whether that was requited love or not requited love, uh, I don't know. Was it whether long, it was just like, was this is my best friend and I love you? Terrorism yeah. could that, not be stopped when until the grievances of terrorists were addressed. The complicated and heart-rending issues that perplex mankind are no excuse for violent, inhumane attacks, nor do they excuse not taking aggressive action against those who deliberately slaughter innocent people.
people dictatorial Jews in power. Freedom fighters struggle to liberate their citizens from oppression and to establish a form of government that reflects the will of the people. Now this is not to say. I got a letter from the government the other day. I opened and read it and said they were suckers. They wanted me for the army or whatever. Picture me giving a damn. I said never. Here's a land that never gave a damn. About a brother like me and myself. They never did. I was a winning cowardly act of violence. The suckers had authority. Conversely, it is often the terrorists themselves who prevent peace from the negotiated solution. So perhaps the first step in solving some of these fundamental challenges and getting to the root cause of Freedom fighters are the military force. They are the most dangerous 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 force. They are the most dangerous
When I think I started openly weeping when there's that pause between Mike and Bill on the phone when they're che- Mike calls him like, oh, I just want to check up on you. Mm-hmm. And then there's a pause and he says, I love you. And like, I just, it's like having, having friends that close and like being able to tell, tell them how much they mean to you is like a very beautiful thing to me. Definitely. It's something that I like seeing more of. And I also recognize it's like, this is hard for me to say to you because this, like our, you're, you're the one person who can see me for who I really am. Right. Okay. Mike, like inter- not you. So, right. Oh, okay. Well, you, and also you, and also, okay. and also you, and also you friendship. It's like the way, the way that they interacted as a friend group is the way very much like I idealize my friendships. Okay. Yeah. And that truth of like, Oh, even though it's been 20 years, I forgot about this friend. All these memories are coming back to me. I still very much care about you and you obviously still care about me. Like we know each other. And we can step back into it without missing much of a beat. Exactly. Exactly. I, um, I would say that, again, I, I think if you want to see the better movie that does this is Stand By Me. I mean, the very last line is something to the effect of, God, you never have friends like you did when you were a child. Because those are because you still have that magic, and you st- and you're growing into something. And if you can keep a friend from childhood into adulthood, that's a treasured relationship. And so maybe that's where this movie fell flat for you, and it didn't for me. Is like, no, I think this movie says no. The, those friendships you had as a kid, you had as a younger person, that magic is still there, and you can still access it. You just have to move. You just have to find a way to, to write, like really be truthful with one another and really be open with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see where this movie falls flat on that kind of message and that theme. And I'm like, it's a comedy. These aren't supposed to be, they're supposed to be creepy, but not like, Oh, I'm gonna disgusting. Name five movies right now that are 30 years older that have superior special effects. Goonies is not one of them. The thing. Yes. Agreed. Ghostbusters. Okay. Yeah. Ghostbusters is better. Agreed. And, Agreed. Uh, um, man, I'm just trying to think. Let, let's let's go uh, Terminator. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, with uh, with a, a robot walking around, I mean, it looked a, more realistic than the naked old lady. I'll, I'll say I'll say The Shining okay. on the basis of that because they had a naked old lady decrepit mm-hmm. falling apart. That I mean, when you think about The Shining, I think there's like four images that immediately flash in your head, the blood coming out of the elevator, the two Arbus, you know, twin girls, the bear giving the guy a blowjob and that old lady. That was not not one of them, but it it will be now. It is. I mean, it's just like one of those things like, oh, you you missed uh, Jack. So that the fourth one for me was Jack's face in the door. That too. Yeah. I mean, and all those, I mean, they're not costly special. It's the rest of a stump. It's a little alone. It's a sliver of glass. It is life. It's the sun. It is night. It is death. It's a trap. It's a gun. The oak when it blooms, the fox in the brush, the knot in the wood, the song of the thrush, the wood of the wind, a cliff, a fall. 
a scratch, a lump, it is nothing at all. It's the wind blowing free, it's the end of the slope. It's a beam, it's a void, it's a hunch, it's a hope. And the riverbank talks of the waters of March. It's the end of the strain, it's the joy in your heart. The foot, the ground, the flesh and the bone. The beat of the road, a slingshot stone, a fish, a flash, a silvery glow, a fight, a vet, the range of a bow, the bed of the well, the end of the line, the dismay in the face, it's the promise of spring, and the riverbank talks of the waters of March, it's the promise of life, it's the joy in your heart. sudden stroke of night, a pin, a needle, a sting, a riddle, a wasp, a stain, a pass in the mountains, a horse and a mule, in the distance the shells rode three shadows of blue, and the riverbank talks of the waters of March, it's the promise of life in your heart, in your heart, a stick, a stone, the end of the load, the rest of the stump, a lonesome road, a sliver of glass, a light, the sun, a night, a death, the end of the run, and the riverbank talks of the waters of March. It's the end of all strain, it's the joy in your heart. Ever have one of those nights that starts out like any other but ends up being the best night of your life? Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. It was June the 22nd, 1990, our final day of school. There was Oliver Chamberlain, Peter Page, Stephen Prince, Andy Knightley, and me. They called me the King, because my name's Gary King. Ollie was funny. He fancied himself as a bit of a player, but really he was all math. We called him O-Man because he had a birthmark on his forehead that looked like a six. <laughs> he loved it. Pete was the baby of the group. He wasn't the kind of kid we'd usually hang out with, but he was good for a laugh and he was absolutely minted. Steve was a pretty cool guy. 
We jammed together, chased the girls. I think he saw us as rivals. <laughs> Sweet, really. And Andy. Andy was my wingman. The one guy I could rely on to back me up. He loved me, and I'm not being funny, but I loved him too. There was nothing we were going to miss about school. Maybe Mr. Shepard. He was definitely one of the good guys. He used to ask me what I wanted to do with my life. I told him I just wanted to have a good time. He thought that was funny. It wasn't meant to be. Not that night. Come on, what's more fast? Newton Haven was our hometown, our playground, our universe. And that night, it was the site of a heroic quest. The aim to conquer the Golden Mile. 12 pubs along a legendary path of alcoholic indulgence. There was the first post, the old familiar, the famous clock, the crossed hands, the good companions, the trusty servant, the two-headed dog, the mermaid, the beehive, the king's head, the hole in the wall, all before reaching our destiny, the world's end. We took my car into town. I called it the beast because she was pretty hairy. And so our journey into manhood began. We were off. We didn't waste any time. We hit pub one, and we hit it hard. There was drinking, there was fun, there was controversy, there were ladies, there were shots, there was drama, and of course, there was drinking. Say that. Never say that. Never say By pub five, we were feeling invincible and decided to purchase some herbal refreshment from a man we called the Reverend Green. Pint six put O-Man out of commission, so we carried on without him. Good thing. I bumped into his sister in the next pub. We went into the Disabled's and I bumped into her again. Sam tagged along for a while, but then I had to let her go. I had another date that night, and her name was Amber. Nine pints in, and it was us against the world. Things got mental in the Beehive, so we repaired to the Bowls Club, or as we like to call it, the Smokehouse, which is when it all went fuck up. Everyone got power and Pete chucked a whitey, so we had to bench him. In the end, we blew off the last three pubs and headed for the hills. To the image of his friends, like, we know this. Let, let, the, <laughs> let paying attention be, be a reward instead of spoon-feeding it to us. Yeah. And when the refrigerator opened and the body came out and they said, it's him. It's like, we, we know it was him, okay? Just, just let us have this. You don't have to, you know... Take the spoon, make it into an airplane, and fly it into our mouths. Yeah, I think we both I, we both went seeking for something different in this movie, and I got what I wanted, and you didn't get what you wanted. And I, I was very willing to accept it. I was very like on Monday the reviews Monday the reviews came out, and I saw it on actually I saw it that Monday night, and it, the, they were not good. It's like you know what, I'm still into this because I enjoyed the first movie. I thought the first movie was about trauma, about being on your own, about having to stand up against things that are bigger than you, about drawing from support from the only people you can when you're a child, realistically, your parent, not your parents, uh, your friends. And the other one, it was just like, okay, we're going to, the friends didn't really support each other. They all took off in different directions and found things that really didn't have any, some of them did, you know, the yearbook picture, the, the postcard. But other than that, it's, I'm, I'm not sure what use they realistically had. And I think another thing that you're home right now, right? Yeah. So for me, there's a certain type of weirdness, a certain type. I don't want to call it terror or scariness or anything like that. But when you go back to the place where you grew up and you interact with people that you grew up with, you've been around the world. You've taught yourself another language. You've seen things that most people on this planet do not get a chance to see. And when you come back home, all of a sudden you're 
Tim, age nine. You're that kid from high school. I remember when I went to my 10-year high school reunion, I, same deal. It's like, okay, I can talk about Russia. I can talk about this. I can talk about that. And all of a sudden, I was like, Herkowine, remember the time you took that face, that, that took the ball to the face and dodgeball? That was hilarious. It's like, I, this, I, I don't think about that anymore. It's not something anybody thinks about. I guess only you. And, and that alone would have been something worthwhile to explore. I see. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, you're an architect. Do you still listen to New Kids on the Block? So, something along the lines of that is like your your town will not forget you. They will not let you, for a certain type of person, they will not let you move on. So that's why you have to move out. Which is why, right, you say um, Stand By Me and I go back to, that's World's End for me, mm-hmm. is the movie that absolutely does that. It's like nobody ever really leaves there. There's that line, like there's that line that was in the trailer and is in the movie. The old lady says, it's like, nobody ever really dies or leaves dairy. It's like, well, the only people, right. To your point, it's like the only people I've seen here that I recognize are these seven kids right? who are now, who left and came back. Like, and the one bully who was in a mental institution, where's everybody else? Right. Yeah. Who recognize, like I kept, you're right. There was no, other than the fact that the movie told you they belong to this place, this place belongs to them. They didn't really ever show you that. You never saw that. And there are missed opportunities when Eddie goes yeah. back to the pharmacy. You yes. know, the girl that, you know, the, yes. there, the old man who's now senile and shouldn't be anywhere near, you know, prescribed medications. He's working there. And even that was kind of played for comedy when he pinches his cheek. is like, uh, it could be cancer, you know? And yeah. It, it was a cheap laugh. And I don't blame these actors. Some of these actors I didn't know very well, but obviously Bill Hader is somebody that Jessica Chastain, James McAvoy, um, James Ransom. I mean, he's one of those character actors. It's like when he came up on the screen, he's like, I know this guy. And when I pulled up his IMDb, he's like, wow, I've been following this guy for a long time. Yeah, man. I had no idea yeah, man. who he is, and he's wonderful. Ziggy, Ziggy Sabaka. Yeah, exactly. The one thing I remember hearing about is that this movie, and I do agree, is like this movie is a lot of wasted talent yes a lot of of wasted talent wasted source wasted so much so so much potential was left on the plate one thing i did so one of my hot takes my reactions immediately after so i didn't i went to go see it alone mm-hmm. um i had been originally talking to a friend of mine from home who lives outside philadelphia about driving mm-hmm. down and seeing it with him and that ended up not happening uh, so the, the first thing I sent to, <laughs> sent it to him was, he's like, oh, what'd you think of it? It's like, I loved it. It was the right movie to welcome me back moving into my terrible, terrible childhood home mm-hmm. to be like, oh yeah, I could do this. Yeah. These, 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 ki- these guys, these adults were able to destroy an ancient evil from space. Mm-hmm. I can, I could deal with some Trump supporters. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that definitely was in the back, like watching this movie, right. To your, as you said, it was like, I'm home and to me this movie was sort of like a fun reminder of what of what home could be what home can be right would you recommend this would you recommend it as a horror movie no i even told my mom i'm like i almost told my mom i'm like i think you could see this Mm -hmm. i remember sitting up there blood on my knuckles, beard down my shirt, sick on my shoes, seeing the orange glow of a new dawn break and knowing in my heart life would never feel this good again. And you know what? 
It never did. Our parents, they want the best Thank you, Gary. That was very enlightening. Would anyone like to add anything? Or maybe challenge Gary? Be disappointed. About what? You didn't make it to the world's end. What is it that you want to do? We want to be free. We want to be free to, to do what we want to do. And we want to get loaded. And we want to have a good time. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a party. Under the influence of one drug. Television, the drug of a nation. Reading ignorance and feeding radiation on television. The drug of a nation. Reading ignorance and feeding radiation. TV, its satellite links are United States of unconsciousness. Apathetic, therapeutic, and extremely addictive. The methadone metronome, pumping out 150 channels, 24 hours a day. You can flip through all of them, and still there's nothing worth watching. TV is a reason why less than 10% of our nation reads books daily. One man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. means Kansas. Socialism means un-American, and apartheid is a new headache will not be Absorbed in this world, it's so hard to find and us. Will not it shapes our minds the most. Maybe the mother of our nation should remind us that we're sitting too close to the television. And the will not be tolerated. Reading ignorance and feeding radiation. And will not be tolerated. The drug of the nation. One man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. And will not be tolerated. Okay, got the idea? All right, I'll let you Is it the reflector or the director? Does it imitate us or do we imitate it? Because a child watches 1,500 murders before he's 12 years old. And then we wonder why we created a Jason generation that learns to laugh rather than abhor the whore. One man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. TV is a place where armchair generals and quarterbacks can experience firsthand the excitement of video warfare as the theme song is sung in the back. One man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. Sitcoms that leave us with a bad actor taste while pop stars metamorphosize into soda pop stars. You saw the video, you heard the soundtrack. Well, now go buy the soft drink. Well, the only cola that I support would be a union C-O-L-A cost of living allowance on television. 
television, the drug of the nation, reading ignorance and feeding radiation on television, the drug of the nation, reading ignorance and feeding radiation. New revelations today in a letter obtained and reviewed by CNN. In it, Democratic Senator Chris Coons urged the FBI to reach out to a as we have with countless worlds across the galaxy. Oh yeah, how do you manage that then? We appropriate a small percentage of the population at 2,000 or so penetration points across the planet. This ensures maximum coverage. From there, we create simulants to spread our ideologies through peaceful indoctrination. Our objective is simple ready the population for participation in our galactic community. This method requires a small sacrifice. But the fewer replacements we make, the more successful we consider our operation. Of course, we welcome those who volunteer themselves. We can offer attractive incentives for those who willingly combine. The chance to be young again and yet retain selected memories. Isn't that something You'd like something you've always wanted. Oh my God. I'm so cute. The beauty of our system is that we all win. There are no losers. Allow me to carry your legend forward. Let the man you have become be the boy you were. We are the network, and we are here for your betterment. 
In the last 23 years, have you not marveled as information technology has surged forward? No. Earth has grown smaller yet greater as connectivity has grown. This is our doing, and it is just the beginning. Oh, fuck off, you big lamp. You are children, and you require guidance. There is no room for imperfection. Hey, Earth isn't perfect, all right? And, and humans aren't perfect. And guess what? I ain't perfect. And therein lies the necessity for this intervention. Must the galaxy be subjected to an entire planet of people like you? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Who put you in charge, huh? Who are you to criticise anyone? Now, you might think Gary is a bit of a cock, and, and, and he is a bit of a cock, hmm? but he's my cock. Oh, thanks, man. But he is a detriment to himself, just as Earth is a detriment to the galaxy. What did you say? You act out the same cycles of self-destruction again and again. At this point, your planet is the least civilized in the entire galaxy. What did he say? Say we're a bunch of fuck-ups. Hey! It is our basic human right to be fuck-ups! This civilization was founded on fuck-ups, and you know what? That makes me proud. Yeah, and me! What is it they say? To err is... To err is human. To err is human! So... Uh, we do not believe you speak for all humanity. You are but two men. Two drunk men. Three drunk men! Stevie Man! <laughs> Enough! Enough, humans! Oh, you are in trouble now. It's only the fucking three musketeers. You are revolting against the wisdom of countless solar systems. Yeah, we are revolting. Goonies never say die. You just said you're not here to conquer. Can I just ask, how many people did you have to replace in Newton Haven? That is irrelevant. Is it? Hands up. Who here is human? <clears throat> I'm human. One. And me. That's two. I am. Uh, don't know for how long. Battle! So what's that? Three? You had to replace an entire town. Not the entire town. Well, everybody apart from old Nutball and the Shifty Twins. That's a good name for a band, Gary. You should write that down. I will. What about the ones you replaced, like Peter and Oliver? Yeah. What happened to the empties? I told you not to ask that. Redundant vessels are recycled, mulched and converted into fertilizer, whereupon they are returned to the earth to promote verdancy and growth. It is a highly efficient means of organic renewal. Mulched? It is a relative few in the light of our long-term plan. You mean a few hundred thousand turn to fucking compost? What about the other places, the penetration points? <laughs> are they as successful as Newton Haven? Because um, I'm guessing we're not the only glitch in your system. It is true, the network has been experiencing some difficulties. I think you bit off more than you can chew with Earth, mate. Yeah, because we are more belligerent, more stubborn and more idiotic than you can possibly imagine. And I am not just talking about Gary. Yeah, there's more than one Gary King. But you said... I fucking know what I fucking said. Your reliance on fraternity is a measure of your immaturity as a man and as a species. Why don't you just get in your rocket and fuck off back to Legoland, you cunt? Oh. Yeah! Stop fucking starbucking us, man! Yeah! It's our duty to challenge you! Just leave us to our own devices, you intergalactic asshole! You misunderstand! Shut up! We are trying! is listening! If you don't leave! Face it! We are the human race! And we don't like being told what to do! Right. Does he right? Kind of? Maybe? Kind of, yeah. And there's, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, the, the thing... 
that is going to ultimately bother me. And I'm sure I'm going to see in reviews, like there was a hate crime at the beginning of this movie that I think people just got, I think people just got away with. I think those three, I think those four, four, uh, <laughs> homophobes who murdered yeah, and beat yeah. down some, <laughs> In a weird way, I got excited with that because to me that was kind of like Pennywise is a presence in the town. And this is one of the things mm. that makes the bad things happen. Mm-hmm. And by him coming back, yeah, had he not come back, had he not reawakened, maybe these four boys just would have been assholes that would have muttered something underneath their breath and walked away. But they took it right. to the next level. Right. And it well, didn't really follow up with that. No. Another place where it fell flat. Yeah. Well, I think you thoroughly ruined this movie for me, Todd. I am very sorry, but <laughs> if I may, there, there's a podcast that I've been listening to lately called Werewolf Ambulance. It's a okay. uh, comedic horror movie podcast. It's uh, hosted by um, uh, their hosts are Katie and Alan. Alan uh, also uh, does another podcast I'm a huge fan of called Marveling and Marvel's Marvels. Right, okay. And uh, they are two horror movie aficionados. Uh, hilarious to the point where at one point I had to pull off on the side of the road because I was laughing so hard. They have about, I'm going to say 200 movies that they've done ranging from obscure, bad, forgotten gems to, you know, the Titans. There's, they talk, uh, intelligently and hilariously about the brood, about the shining, about, um, American Mary, about, uh, it's the, uh, TV the original series. Yeah. So it, and actually they gave a glowing review to a movie that you loved and I didn't, uh, Velvet Buzzsaw. Oh. Mm-hmm. And their stance on it was, it, it's a self-aware horror movie about something silly. So therefore it is effective, hey. but, uh, it, 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 I still disagree with it, but it's like one of the, they, one of the things I've really got to applaud them on is they do an amazing job at disagreeing with each other. It's just like, yeah, this is my opinion. You have yours, and uh, they don't have to touch each other at all. Yeah. So enjoy your movie, and I, I, I won't recommend that one. Yeah, and that's the, I mean that's that sometimes I fail at that, but that's I agree with that. I try to I try to be that way. That's why I yeah. try to emulate that. First. What's the What's the name of the show again? One more time. Werewolf. Ambulance. ambulance. They got it from uh, the soundtrack of the Monster Squad. One of the songs is called Werewolf Ambulance. Not Werewolf Bar Mitzvah? Nope. Which is also great. Spooky, scary. Well, thank you for talking with me tonight on short notice about this this movie, which has divided us for once. But yet, somehow brought us together. (sighs) Didn't just laugh inside about it. I'll add in the laughter there. All right, have a good night, Uh, and I'll talk to you next week. I'll talk to you next week, man. Take care. Good night.